Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello again, everybody. Attorney Steve Vondren. License to practice law, California, Arizona. Thank you for joining the Vondren Legal Hour. We are talking today about fascinating, interesting things about social media law and the foregoing, uh, excuse me, the following. It's, it's the morning. Give me a break here. Saturday morning, and I haven't even had a chance to check my um, college football schedule, see what's on today. So excuse me for stumbling here and there. So anyway, um, we are talking today about social media accounts <clears throat> Excuse me, and we are talking about your kids and social media accounts, and can parents be held liable for the things their kids do online, such as on social media, Facebook, Twitter, text messaging, sexting, Snapchats, all these uh, amazing technology tools that we have that allow people to connect with each other mostly for the good, I think, but there's also the dark side, the dark side of the Internet. So anyway, we are talking today about your kids. Do you have to monitor everything your kids do online? Um, Can you just turn a blind eye and say, hey, it's their business, it's nothing for me to get involved in? Do you say, hey, they're a minor, I can't get sued, no worries, they're just, you know, they're under 18, it's not a big deal? Or do you have an affirmative duty to get out there and keep an eye on your kids, so forth and so on? So let's talk a little bit about it. Uh, The thing that prompted this show was really a recent case that came out of Georgia, Court of Appeals. And this is the case, if you want to look it up, you're a legal sleuth and you can't get enough, go to Boston versus Athern, Athern, A-T-H-E-A-R-N, and you can see a little bit more about the case or go to askattorneysteve.com. I've got it posted on my litigation blog, so go ahead and check that out. But anyway, this was an interesting case. This was about a Georgia teenager who had set up a fake Facebook account. Yes, that's easy to do. Um, You go in, you set up an account, you post a fake picture. Well, what he did is he basically impersonated this girl made a, a picture using fat booth or what you call the uh, uh, fat camera that basically makes a skinny person look fat and a fat person look super fat. So it's, a, it's another really interesting piece of technology. If you've never tried it, you can look up fat booth, fat, per, fat face app or whatever, and you'll, you'll find it. So, but anyway, this kid created a fake Facebook account, used a, a picture of this gal making her really fat, and basically he was pretending to be her making these derogatory comments, um, basically painting her to be a racist, um, promiscuous, lesbian affairs, those kinds of things. So um, what happened in this case is ended up into a lawsuit suing the parents. So, you know, the, uh, the parents, of course, said, well, I have no duty to, to watch my kids every move and see what's going on 
the long story short of the of the court is the um, the court disagreed and said, "Wait a second, you knew it was up there even after you found out about it. You left it up there for like eleven months. The site sat up there and basically defaming this girl." So the court said, "No, in those circumstances, you do have a duty." To keep an eye on that and monitor that and take that down if you find out there's something wrong and defamatory going on here completely you know a prank gone wrong so to speak you can't just sit around and do nothing you have to you have to take some action get that site taken down you know mitigate the damages kind of thing so anyway it was a really interesting case and you know the internet's talking about it and this that and the other but it highlights to me some of the social risks that what I would call digital risks that parents need to keep in mind when their kids are on the internet. Some of those things, what I would call the top five social media risks associated with online postings by your kids, is your internet defamation. You're placing other persons in what we call a false light. That's false light is a tort. Cyberbullying, hate crimes online and publication of private facts where you know private things about people and you post it and there's no really no legitimate purpose to post it like say somebody has herpes or something there's no need to go around and, and broadcasting that fact to people okay um, revenge porn is another thing that's that's popped up uh, in California lately revenge porn and of course there's always criminal copyright infringement another big issue with kids downloading illegal software pictures, images, videos, all sorts of things. Um, so those are, are some of the big digital risks that go on out there. We'll just talk briefly about a couple of these. Um, defamation, I think we most of us know what defamation is. It's false statement of facts made of and concerning a plaintiff, which tends to injure, injure one one's reputation, causing damages, and of course there needs to be a publication. If you send an email to just one person and you're defaming that person in an email, that's not going to be sufficient for defamation. There needs to be a publication aspect to it so other people are looking at it and looking down on your reputation. And, you know, defamation is not an easy cause of action to prove. In fact, it used to be called the tort of the rich and famous because it really took somebody like, you know, uh, Oprah Winfrey or something or somebody to show that you know, they've been damaged. So you need some damages there. Sometimes a lost job may help that, those kinds of things. Um, maybe there's a way to show that your kids didn't get in a, into a particular school um, because of the defamation. Those are things, these are the facts that we look at as a litigation law firm to determine whether or not you might have a case. So we've got some information on defamation. If you want to look into that further, we have the jury instructions online. You can see what a jury would be looking at in deciding whether or not the, the, the uh, facts amount to defamation. So you can check that out, askattorneysteve.com. Go to our litigation blog, you'll find that. Um, false light. False light is another tort. It's similar to defamation, but in false light, it doesn't require the false statement of fact. It basically just requires some sort of comment, assertion, uh, representation that puts the plaintiff in a false light where you saying, you know, um, you may say something about their character that may actually be true, 
but it also paints them in a false light into something that isn't true. So these are real tricky cases, and um, I wouldn't say they pop up a lot, but, but lots of times where you have defamation, you're also looking at alleging false light as another cause of action in your complaint. So, so take a look at that, false light. Cyberbullying, let's talk about that. This is a big deal. Um, you know, people tend to get online and they, they tend to act in a way that they would never act in person. Why? Because they are behind a computer in their house, behind a locked door with a closed curtain. Okay, I'm just uh, joking around here, but you, you get the point. Is they're in the safety of their own home or maybe they're at the school computer lab or something, but they feel safe, they feel empowered, they feel anonymous, and so they might tend to push the envelope, go a little further than they should, get involved in a heated you know, political or religious debate or philosophical debate with someone. You know, they may not like their picture, the way they look. Um, just, just you know, taking things out on other people because maybe they're having a bad day, or maybe they disagree with your politics. So, cyberbullying is something that's that's been on the rise, and you know, kids have kids have uh, have committed suicide because of, of cyberbullying. You know, this feeling of making them feel worthless and things like that. So, it's a real important issue to to consider. And we posted on our on our blog, askattorneysteve.com. We posted. Um, a, the case about a 15-year-old who had a um, he wanted a career in future a future career in entertainment and he was ridiculed and bullied by another student who posted basically all these threats these death threats and this and that and the other and this was a um, I believe this was a California court and the um, this was a cyberbullying case and, and the court the uh, defendant uh, surprisingly or maybe not surprisingly, they came in with what's called an anti-slap lawsuit, which is basically a lawsuit saying, hey, that's my free speech. You know, if we want to make these threats to your kids and jest, um, we're trying to be funny, it's a prank, it's kids doing what they're doing, and I'm not going to read it to you on the air here, but you can go and look at the language. We put it in our blog so you can actually read the language that was used. It was really, uh, really quite shocking. And um, but they filed a strategic lawsuit against public participation. That's what a party will file if they believe that they have free speech rights, and the defendant and it's being infringed on by by somebody filing a lawsuit. So, um, and, and that's a claim where you can try to get attorney fees and this and that, and try to get the case dismissed. Well, that didn't work. Um, I think the judge noticed the shocking behavior, um, sort of the callousness of the defendant. And basically, cyberbullying uh, was held up there. So, so that's an example. So you need to teach your kids. You need to talk to your kids about these kinds of things. You know, just because you're on the internet doesn't mean you go around bullying people. Um, just you know, venting your anger, sometimes venting your hate, um, those kinds of things. Keep it clean. Uh, talk to your kids about internet etiquette about the future. Talk to them about how what they write online is going to be there forever. It's probably not going to go away. Uh, for you parents that aren't aware, there is a website called Internet Ar Archive, uh, also known as Wayback Machine, Wayback Machine, and you can go in there and basically type any website that you want, and you can go down and, from, for the most part, you can go back and see a lot of the different archived web pages 
So you need to talk to your kids about the fact that what they post online could end up online forever. So what does that mean? So when they go to apply for schools or jobs, internships, and somebody's looking you up online and saying, what's this person, what are they like, you know, this and that, and they find something and they, they reel it on back and say, wait, this person was posting this, or wait a second, this person was involved in a lawsuit. Look at the atrocious things that were written. Wow, maybe we'll just pass and go on to the next applicant. So those are things you need to consider. Talk to your kids um, around the dinner table. You know, aside from, you know, hey, how was your day? You know, learn anything new in school today? Maybe you can say, hey, what do you guys know about cyberbullying? Maybe ask the question, and you might be surprised what the answers might be. But, but you know, change the tone, introduce some of these new topics around the dinner table, teach and educate your kids, and get involved in their lives a little bit, see what's going on. You might be surprised. You may be at a, a position you'd be able to intervene and catch a problem before it turns into something worse. So um, there was an article also that we have on AskAttorneySteve.com. We have an article from we've posted a link to the University of Toledo, had an article, an analysis of cyberbullies and broke it down into five categories. I'll let you go there and, and read the full article, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, they broke down the different types of cyberbullies, which I thought was interesting. One was the power-hungry, uh, cyberbullies who need to control people. Those are the power-hungry Cyber bullies. Think about that. Do you know anybody that fits that category? Number two, revenge of the nerds, they called it. Uh, they said that usually this was females or physically smaller males that had a need to engage in cyberbullying. So and I thought that was interesting. Three, this one really shocked me. Uh, maybe it doesn't shock a lot of you, but mean girls. Mean girls, it says. Uh, female cyber bullies. And talking about basically the different cliques that, that women get into. And, you know, if you're not part of that clique, it's, it can turn mean and nasty. So it's called Mean Girls, which was, like I said, very surprising for me. Four, vengeful angels. Vengeful angels, what's that? Um, people that protect and retaliate on behalf of others. They stand up for somebody. And in standing up for somebody, they cross the line and they become a cyber bully, trying too hard to be an advocate, okay? So... Uh, you know, these people make, might make good lawyers one day, but you need to, to uh, know where that line is, not cross that line. Um, that's the vengeful angel. And finally, number five in the University of Toledo study was inadvertent cyberbullies. Inadvertent, what's that? Basically, you know, you're just talking, you don't know, you're speaking your mind, and next thing you know, somehow uh, the, the, the trail has turned into something mean, nasty, and vicious on both sides. So you need to be careful of this. You know, some people consider that a form of electronic harassment. And it's just, again, something that you need to talk about with your kids. If, you don't, if you're not sure how to start the conversation on this topic, by the way, here's what you do. You say, hey, um, hold on to eating that mashed potato and gravy there. I'm going to print out a page off Attorney Steve's website, attorneysteve.com, and I'm going to go to his litigation blog, and I'm going to find this article on cyberbullying, or you could just type it in the search bar, by the way. I have a search bar that makes it easy. Type it in, print it out, and say, hey, well, let's go down and let's talk about this. Do you guys know any power-hungry cyberbullies, revenge of the nerd, cyberbullies, mean girls, vengeful angels? Uh, start the conversation, okay? 
you don't want to look back and say, you know, we never talked about that. You know, you talk about the birds and bees, talk about the electronic harassment. So that's uh, a real interesting study that you can find. I thought that was really interesting. Um, hate crimes in California, Penal Code Section 422.7. These are things that can be punished as a misdemeanor or a felony. Um, to keep it short, intimidation, harassment, um, doing things based on somebody's race, color, religion, ancestry, national origin, or sexual orientation. Okay, again, this is where some people talk about political correctness. Okay, yes, you have to follow certain guidelines, and you can't just run around and say whatever it is you feel. Um, the people keep in mind that a lot of people believe that you have this free speech that's, that knows no boundaries. You say, I'm, I live in a free country, um, but your free speech is not without limits. Um, there are definite exceptions to free speech. We'll probably do this in another blog or another show. It's a fascinating issue. Um, free speech rights. But, you know, there is going to be crossroads on that where your free speech rights, like this anti-slap statute, is not going to win the day for you. So talk to your kids about making comments based on race, color, religion, uh, ancestry, national origin, sexual orientation. Those are not really... Uh, those are not really conversations and debates that are going to get anybody anywhere. So, you know, um, that's something to think about, you know. Um, so let's go to the, um, i got another one, the tort of public disclosure of private facts. We've posted the jury instructions on this. You can see what an actual jury in California would be reviewing if they were faced with a set of facts on this. But like I said, um, you know, posting somebody's, um, the fact that somebody has herpes. I mean, you know, you need to be careful. And if you know that as a parent, you need to say, hey, what, what on earth are you doing? There's no need for that to be out there. I don't want to expose ourselves to a lawsuit because you're talking about somebody else having herpes, okay, or some other sexually transmitted diseases. So those are things, revenge porn falling in there. Um, certain things... Um, are just going to cross the line and create risk and liability, and you don't want it. And it's not only monetary liability, as I mentioned. It's the potential liability of having something come back to haunt you when you're looking for a job. Um, let's face it, in this economy, people are losing jobs, lateral moves, um, looking new, new career students, new job uh, college grads looking for jobs, so forth and so on. So you don't want this stuff to come back and haunt you, okay? So that's public disclosure of private facts. That's a tort. That's something to bear in mind, the things that can be alleged in a, in a lawsuit. Now, I'm also going to talk about one final tort, which is the intentional infliction of emotional distress. Okay, and, and torts, torts, basically, the word tort, it's not like a Pop-Tart. It's, it's a tort, and basically it's a fancy word for a civil wrong committed by one person against another. It's a civil wrong committed by one person against another. So these are what we call causes of action, things that lawyers file lawsuits on. So one of the causes of action that could pop up in this digital harassment, cyberbullying, uh, public disclosure of private facts area is intentional infliction of emotional distress. And I call this a plaintiff's favorite because it pops up a lot. Um, it's not always easy to prove 
but it, it's a tort that pops up a lot. And if you're sued as a parent or, you know, on behalf of your kids, um, this is something you will probably see. But basically, the intentional infliction of emotional distress, on, probably on every bar exam that was ever written, is the intentional infliction of severe mental or emotional distress caused by extreme and outrageous conduct. Okay, so there's a couple things buried in there that, that for my legal fans that like to really get into the nitty-gritty and the elements of the, of the cause of action, you have intent, you have to intend to commit the, the acts, intend to inflict the emotional distress. It has to result in severe mental or emotional distress. Usually that means you need some medical bills, you need some objective proof of your harm, your injuries. And you need extreme and outrageous conduct. That's always, uh, that's always a kicker as well because, you know, we've had cases where somebody says, you know, um, foreclosing on my property is extreme and outrageous. Well, no, take it easy. It's not extreme and outrageous. You didn't pay your mortgage. They have a right to foreclose. Um, you know, trying to collect the debt on me is extreme and outrageous. Well, how did they try to collect the debt? Well, they just made a couple phone calls. Well, that's not extreme and outrageous. Um, extreme and outrageous has to exceed the bounds of decency that we would be expected to tolerate in a civilized society, okay? That's your bar for you bar takers out there. That's your bar phrase, okay? Exceeding all bounds of decency, a civilized society should be expected to tolerate. But that's a favorite tort. And, you know, these things, uh, you don't want these complaints um, stacking up all these different causes of action against you as a parent, so, again, my tips here, uh, just to let you get going on a Saturday, you probably want to watch some college football and relax just like I do. But, you know, talk to your kids. Get involved in their lives. Find out what they're doing online. Um, if, they're, if their door is closed, you know, every now and then go in and see what's going on. Sit on the bed, have a chat, get involved, you know, look into the Internet world. You may be one of those people that say, well, I don't like digital. I don't like, I don't understand Facebook. I don't understand all this. It's Okay. Why don't you go in there and, and talk to your son or daughter and say, hey, well, what is that? How does that work? Oh, who are you talking to? You know, what's, what's going on? So those kinds of things, how, how deeply you want to investigate their daily activities and micromanage, that's up to you. But I think you need to draw a strike a balance somewhere between, you know, getting involved and seeing what they're up to versus, um, you know, turning, turning, the, turning the other way and hoping nothing goes wrong. Okay, so these are some of the things that come up in our practice, business, Internet, real estate, litigation. And, if, again, if you need more information, check us out on the web, askattorneysteve.com. We'll take you to our homepage, and we have lots of great information there. Use our search bar. You can just search for articles, and, and things will pop up for you. So that's about it. I, I hope you got a little something out of this. Feel free to share this on your social media networks. Say, hey, I got this great uh, show that all parents should hear. Pass it around. We don't mind. It's totally fine. And um, don't say anything mean about us, of course. <laughs> so, but anyway, thank you, Attorney Steve. Once again, licensed practice law in California and Arizona. Thank you for listening to the Vondren Legal Hour. Enjoy your Saturday. We look forward to being with you again. Okay, thanks a lot now. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.